0: At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them.
1: Good morning, Booty City Church and First Christian Church. We are excited that you are here with us online this morning. Um, We're excited to be here, to be able to bring a message to you, to uh, be able to engage with each other. Even though we're separated, even though we're distant, we can come together at this time. I know that there's actually 25 to 30 households who are connected online right now, uh, watching what we're doing, joining in with us. Before we get started uh, with our, our opening worship song, a couple of things you need to get. You need to get your phone. Get your phone. I have mine taped on the desk because it keeps sliding down, and it has a clock. You're going to be thankful that my phone has a clock on it later on um, so that I don't keep us going until sometime into the second game this evening. Get your phone. Share the YouTube link out or share the Facebook link out. Now, we say this every week, and you all just kind of go, okay, whatever. No, do it. I'll wait. I uh, Told you I'd wait. We really want you to do We want you to share that. We want you to, to, to push that out to all of your friends um, because that's how we can invite people to come to church with us. We can't come and gather together in a location, so this is our location. And you can and sh- just share this out with all of your friends and all of your social media platforms uh, so that people can come and watch with us, watch with you, and engage with us. The next thing you need to get is your Bible. Okay, get a Bible. If it's a Bible like this, a book, real pages and paper, that's awesome. If your Bible's on your phone, then you need to have it in your hand. But turn off all the other things that you don't need for this morning, okay? So don't be playing games in the middle of it. Don't be, you know, checking recipes and doing all kinds of stuff and seeing who's emailed you. It doesn't matter. We're going to focus this next hour or so, our time together and our time with God. So get your Bible, get your phone, get your coffee or your tea or your water or your smoothie, or whatever it is that you like to drink in the mornings. Um, Get that, have that ready, because now we're going to engage together in worship. We don't want to be running off, oh, I've got to go make more tea or more coffee. No, we're, we're here now. We've come together. You're gathered in your living room, or your office, or your den, or wherever you are. Hopefully, you've got your family around you. We want to come together as churches to be in God's presence, because God's not just present inside the church building. He's present where you are and where the church meets, where two or three are gathered there. Christ is in the midst of them. And so Jesus is right there with you. And so this morning, as we enter into worship, as we enter into to hearing the word uh, that we have to share this morning, we want to set aside all distractions. We want to make sure that, that we're really focused on what God has to say to us. Now, There's one thing that we really want you to do today, which you can't normally do in church, and that's talk. Now, what do we mean by that? If you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook, it doesn't matter. There is a chat box. There is a a way for you to actually talk. You can talk in church, and we're okay with you talking in church because we want to hear what you're thinking. We want to hear that, that, yeah, that resonated with you. We want to hear if you have questions, put them in that chat box. So we want to be a church that doesn't just just consume content on Sunday mornings by watching a video. We want to engage with one another, engage with our pastors, engage with our leaders and asking questions and sharing and, and, and just encouraging one another in our journey together. So that's what we're going to do today. Okay, We're going to flip it up. We want to be active, be engaged in church this morning. I'm going to pray for us and we're going to enter into a time of worship that Joe and Julie have prepared for us. And again, when the video is playing, don't go and do something else. Just allow God to come and to fill your living room with his presence. To be there, to sit and just to rest with him. So let's pray. Father, just thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity, God, through technology to be able to meet together, even though we're separated by by geography. And Father, I thank you, God, that you are big enough to be in every home right now. You are big enough, God, to touch every life right now. We don't need to be in a building together, God, but you can can engage with our hearts. You can challenge us. You can change us, even if we're at home. So, Father, we invite you to come to send your Spirit into all of our homes, Lord, to fill these places, God, as we worship you and as we lift our voices up to you. God, I pray that you would come and that you would just change the atmosphere, Father, that we would know that you're with us. So God, we give everything to you this morning, everything that we have prepared, everything that we have planned, God. The songs that we're going to share, the words that we're going to speak, and ask God that you would be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Let's worship together.
2: made me feel like a prisoner
1: Good morning again, church families. Hope that you, uh, enjoyed that song, that time just to, to worship, to, um, allow God to come and just to, to minister to our hearts. Um, thank you to Joe and Julie for preparing those songs for us. Uh, it's been a real blessing. We really, we're excited. I'm excited about the possibilities of being back in church again. Okay. As you can see, we're, we're in the church. There's only a couple of us here, um, from our crew that, that has to be here to, to set up these broadcasts. But there's a whole set of pews here that have got you know they're just waiting for people to be here and to have the excitement, and the energy of of being together as family. Um, but that that day's going to come. Okay, that day's going to come. But we're going to be patient. We're going to follow um, the the rules that have been outlined by uh, the governor and the uh, county executive. Um, but one day soon, church, we'll be back together again, able to worship, able to spend time just uh, with one another, encouraging one another. You join us in the the third week of our series that kicked off this year, the series that we called The Power of Words. And, you know, when, when we started this series back at, on the first Sunday of January, right after that, we've had such a tumultuous two weeks here in the D.C. metro area. And if you look back at a lot of, of what we have faced, a lot of the the, um, the horrible harshness, That we have seen just the offensive uh, actions that we have seen actually came because of words some of the healing that we have seen some of the the calm that we have seen have also come because of words and I, I think that that as a church we have to really grasp this idea we have to understand that the words that we speak the words that we type in our computers have power And church, like we said in that first week, we want to be be fully devoted followers of Jesus who use our words to bring life. We don't use our words to bring death. We don't use our words to bring division. We use our words to bring life. And last week, Pastor Down spoke uh, about a couple of words that have really been put on his heart. Okay, if you missed that message, go back and watch it. I'm not going to recap the whole thing. But the two words were coalesce and passports. And if you're trying to figure out how coalescing and passports get together, you've got to go back and watch the video. So go to our YouTube channel, uh, Bowie City Church. You'll find us on YouTube. We're the only one there. It's Bowie City Church. And and just check that out. But God is calling us as churches to get ready, to be prepared for this year. And next week we're going to have our paint night. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But we want to challenge you to, to spend some time with the Lord this week in preparation for next Sunday night. So that ask God if he has a word for you. Ask God if he has, has just one word that, that he wants to share with you that you can then sort of look at and cling to as we go through 2021. And we're going to talk more about those next Sunday. We're going to do a, a session next Sunday night. and um, We're going to get together after this message and, and give you some announcements about that. But today, as, as we're... Uh, stepping into the next word, I want you to open up your Bibles. Turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter thirty-seven. So get your device, get your Bible, whichever one it is. I'll give you a moment just to find it. Genesis. If you're new to the Bible, right the very, very first book. So open up the cover, go past the index and the contents. Okay, right there, Genesis. Find chapter thirty-seven. We're going to be reading uh, a passage, uh, just a few verses from Genesis thirty-seven today, but. I, want to, I need to set this up for you because when we start to read this passage, if you've been around church circles or if you're a fan of Broadway musicals, you'll recognize the passage we're going to read. And I don't want you just to skip ahead. I don't want you just to go, oh, I've heard this story before. I'm not going to listen. You know, Oh, I'm going to go check my emails. No, none of that. I want you to, to lean in this morning and hear what God has to say to you. Uh, through the, the words out of this passage and out of this story, which is so familiar. But I want to just draw something a little different out of the story than what you might think. And so, turn with me, Genesis 37, and we're going to start at verse number 3. So, reading from, from the NIV. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had born, been born to him in his old age. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could, speak, could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream in verse 5. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Now, keep your finger on that verse. all right? So find your verse, keep your finger on the verse. I want you to come down then to verse 23, which is over the page for me. Verse 23, verse 24, Genesis 37 says this. Where are we? So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. I love sometimes the literalness of the Bible, that it was empty because there was no water in it. That's written down in there. I just just love that, those little nuances that occur every now and then. But did you notice what's going on here? Did you notice what's happening here in this family dynamic? Now, if you don't know the story of Joseph, if you're not familiar with with this story, so Joseph has 11 brothers. I can't even imagine that. Can you imagine having 11 brothers? But that's what Joseph had. And he was somewhere in the middle uh, chronologically. He wasn't the firstborn. He wasn't the last. He's somewhere in the middle. And Joseph, it says here in chapter 37, we find him, and it actually says in the first couple of verses that he was a 17-year-old boy. Okay, so do you know any 17-year-old boys? you know how much common sense they have? you know how, how kind of clued in they are or aren't sometimes? So Joseph is a 17-year-old boy, and it says actually in verse 2 that he was out working with his brothers in the field. He saw what they were doing, and he went back to his dad and tattled on his brothers because they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Now, I have daughters. I don't have sons. All right? But it doesn't matter. We still, if one ends up toddling on the other, the other one that never has yet ever to come to them and say, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you, you helping me be accountable in, in that and showing me the errors of my ways. No. You get that sideways look that could just, like, kill instantly? Joseph's brothers hated him. So that's the backdrop. 17-year-old boy comes back to his dad. Hey, dad, these guys are just messing up. They're not doing everything that you said to do. You know, I I don't know what you're going to do with them. His brothers find out they hate him because of it. The next thing that happens is that Joseph's father makes him this ornate, this this highly decorated coat. Because the Bible says that that Joseph was the son of, that Jacob loved the most. Because it, Joseph was born to Rachel, who was Jacob's first love. His other sons, Jacob, Rachel couldn't have children, couldn't conceive, and so as was the day, they had concubines and mistresses and other wives, and so all his other sons were not from the wife that he really loved. And then Joseph is born. And so Joseph is the one that, that really is the, the apple of his father's eye. He really is the... the, the the one who is kind of treated special. And his dad goes and makes this coat for him and gives it to Joseph, and Joseph puts the coat on. Now, given the context of all of his brothers who hate him, he now comes out dressed in this ornate coat, decorated by his dad, given to him by his father, and nobody else got a coat. What do you think they thought? How do you think the brothers kind of thought that this was going to go? If you go down to, to verse 5, so he's, he's wearing his coat. In fact, verse 4 says, When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any other, they hated him. They couldn't even speak to him. Then in verse 5, Joseph has a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. This kid is not really clued into sort of social... Uh, What's going on socially here? As I was reading this and preparing today's message, it struck me that Joseph has this coat. We all know about it. In fact, let's throw up Donny Osmond from, if you're a Broadway musical fan, you'll remember 1999. Donny Osmond was Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. All right? I don't know if Joseph's coat looked like this or not, okay? but it was this ornately designed coat. The issue here is, though, that his brothers hated him, and so here we have Joseph, who's got this coat from his dad, and his brothers really don't like him. If you were going into work, going to school, and you have an outfit on, and people come to you and they go, you know what? That, that I really—that's really—I don't like that. That's really horrible. I can't really. That's like, ugh don't ever wear that again. Most of us would actually say, oh, maybe we shouldn't wear this. Maybe this is not really the right look. Now, at at Christmas Eve, I had a number of different jackets and a number of different coats, and so I thought I would bring out one of my highly decorated and ornamented coats. Now, when I wore this on Christmas Eve... It kind of fit with the service it kind of fit with the time it was like oh, it's christmasy He's got a christmas jacket on well, that's kind of cute But if I were to walk into work with this on tomorrow My boss would be going uh, why are you wearing that? Now he wouldn't hate me for it, but he would question it I remember when my kids were, were younger and uh, if they wouldn't get up for school. i to take this off it's too hot If they wouldn't get up for school, I would say, okay, if you don't get up uh, in time to either get on the bus or for us to drop you off to school, then I'm going to pick out the outfit you're wearing today. And We called those outfits the no-dad outfits because the kids would say, no, dad, I'm not wearing that. And for me, it was just like, I'll just pick whatever items of clothing I, I can find, and I'll dress you in those, and I'll send you out. See, but here, Joseph's dad took time to create this garment. And when Joseph got that garment, he did not care what his brothers thought. His brothers hated him. He did not care. He continued to wear that coat. Later in in verse 23 and 24, uh, Jacob would send Joseph out to the fields. Hey, go find your brothers. uh, See how they're doing. I think they're over here. And he's wearing the coat. He's out walking through the fields wearing this coat. And his brothers see him in the distance, and I presume it's because of the sparkles and the glitter and everything coming off this coat. They recognize him, and they hate him. They want to kill him. The oldest brother says, no, we can't kill him. Let's, let's sell him to slaves. Let's, let's like, just get rid of him. So they take the coat from him, and they cover it in blood. They take it back to their father and say that he's been killed by wild animals. You can read the story of Joseph and what happens after that. It's really fascinating how God continues to use him to continue to be with him. But I want you to think about that coat. You see, when Joseph wore that coat, he wasn't concerned about what other people said or thought. When Joseph wore that coat, I think what he was thinking about was, my dad made this for me. This is the the garment that my dad made for me. And he could hear the hatred. He could hear what his brothers were saying. But that didn't bother Joseph. See, because Joseph was today's word. The word that we want to spend some time on today is different. Different. See, Joseph was different. When, When Joseph had that coat on, he knew that his father dressed him he knew that his father had poured time energy love into making that coat and so when joseph went out and wore that coat he was walking in what his father said and thought of him and it didn't matter what other people said or thought because joseph was different see churches as we think about this as we as we consider what God is saying to us through this passage, I think that what what the Lord really wants to, to, to bring to us today is that God has called you and I to be different. He's called us to be different. When we're in the world, God has called us to be different. God has called us to be separate. He's called us not to be concerned with what other people say or think. Because he has dressed us. See, just like Joseph had that coat, and it had all the colors and everything, and everybody knew that that was Joseph's coat. And everybody knew where that coat came from. See, in Isaiah, it says this, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10, it says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of Righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. See, church, this morning, in fact, all this week, and Pastor Diana and I talked about this really from before Christmas, about this whole series, and, and I was really thinking about dreams. I was really thinking about, you know, dreams that have been lost, dreams that have been crushed because of this pandemic, and that, that was kind of what I was preparing and working on, and I, I was kind of looking through the Bible to see who had dreams. And, you know, it was Mary and Joseph in the New Testament who had dreams. And, you know, Solomon had dreams. And the person who actually had the most dreams is Joseph. I started to read the story of Joseph. And, and in my research and what I was looking at, God said, you know what? Yeah, dreams are good. And we might pick up that message sometime. We might kind of share that with you sometime. But God said, no, I've called you to be different. As churches, I've called you to be different. As believers, I've called you to be different. You see, just like Jacob put that ornate coat on Joseph, God has put an ornate coat on you. Isaiah 6 and 10 here says that he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. See, church, when we walk out into the world, when we go into work tomorrow, we go into school tomorrow, uh, even if it's virtual, even if it's just online, we are called to be different. We are called to be dressed differently than the rest of the world. And to be honest, if the world looks at us and it looks at the coworkers in our office and we're the only follower of Christ and people see no difference, then there's a problem. There's a problem. See, God wants us to be different. Now, let's just clarify different a little bit. God doesn't want us to be weird. We've got to go there. Okay, God doesn't want us to be weird. but He wants us to be different. God wants us to, to follow his word. God wants us to take this book and to say, you know what? This is God's word. This is the inspired word of God. It is infallible. It is truth which means that if I want to know the answer to to an issue, if I want to know what uh, God thinks about some aspect of my life or some aspect of society, I need to go to here to find out what the truth is. We are living in times right now where truth is being redefined and stretched and reimagined in ways that really leave this behind. Because the world says that it's okay to, to redefine things. Oh, the Bible's too narrow. I read a thing yesterday when I was looking around just online and just seeing what was being said. And, you know, it's like people say, well, there can't just be one way to God. Well, when you read the book, it says there is. But that's too restrictive. I didn't write it, I'm just reading it. And see, church, God has called us to be different. God has called us to be fully devoted followers of Christ. You're going to hear us say that time and time again because um, that's what we believe that God is calling us as believers to be, fully devoted, completely devoted. Every aspect of our life is devoted and focused towards Jesus. Not just Sunday mornings, not just this one hour a Sunday, where that's the time I give to God. No, God is asking for your whole life, all week long. And if you give your whole life to Jesus all week long, I'll tell you right now, you're going to look different. You're going to act different. You're going to speak different. You're going to engage in in things differently. See, the garments that we are clothed in, salvation and righteousness. That's what it says. God has come and has met with you, has called you by name, has shown you his son on the cross and the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, and you have accepted that and said, I want to follow Jesus. And God comes and he wraps you in salvation, as if it's this just huge, beautifully designed jacket. This robe of righteousness. Righteousness. Now, it was cold this morning getting out of, I mean, you guys haven't been out of the house yet, but I got into the car this morning, it was 24 degrees outside. Now, when it's 24 degrees outside and it's cold, I, I know for my wife, she's got this big, white, fluffy robe that I bought her for Christmas a couple of years ago. She just loves to get that thing and just wrap up in it. And that's what God has provided for us. A robe of righteousness that wraps us up. And when people see us, they should see Jesus, they should see something is different. People should come to you and they should say, you know, that you're, you're different. How you handled that situation was different. There's something just different about you. And don't be, don't be upset about that. Rejoice. Celebrate in that. Say, yes, God, I am different. Because I'm putting you first in everything I do and everything I say. You know, right now at this time in, in our, our world, we're having to do things differently. We have masks. I have one down here. Okay, took it off because of uh, I'm up here and everybody else is further on down into the, into the sanctuary. So we're wearing these masks, and it's different. We're engaging in social distancing where we're, we're not coming within kind of six feet of people that are not uh, in our social circles, which is different. We're doing church from home. You're sitting in your living room, and you have been for the past nine months trying to do church. That's different. There's nobody meeting you at the door, showing you to your seat. You're not hanging out with anybody afterwards for coffee because it's all the same people. If you just think about our situation here at Bowie City Church and First Christian Church, we are two churches that have come together to share kingdom resources so that we can continue to spread God's word and spread the good news. And that's different. There's not a lot of churches doing this, coming together and and saying, hey, we're strong here and you're strong there. Let's add our strengths. Let's build the kingdom together. But God's calling us to do different. God's calling us to be different. God says, Not calling us to act in these ways but God wants to change what's inside he wants us to be different from the inside out John 15 19 tells us this if you belong to the world it would love you as it's as its own as it is you do not belong to the world but I have chosen you out of the world that is why the world hates you church the world is going to hate you the world is going to hate us as believers it hated jesus and if we have jesus living in us coming out through us shining through us then the world's going to hate us just like it hated him now the the thing that we don't want to do the easy option you might say is that we just, like I did, I took my coat off and I put it behind me. See, I had my coat, and I was wearing my coat, and you could all see my coat. When I walk around and I have my coat on, you can see that I'm wearing my coat. You walk into the, to the uh, church here, you can see I'm wearing this coat. You walk into your, your living room, you see me on the computer screen, I'm wearing my coat. You instantly know wow, that's a really bright coat. Why is that guy wearing a Christmas coat? You have questions about it. See, and when we walk out into the world and we're wearing our robe of righteousness, we're wearing salvation as a coat, and the world sees that salvation, they're going to say, what is that? Why are you like that? Why are you wearing that? And there are going to be people that are going to hate us. When you step out and you say, this is what the Lord says, this is what God says, this is what the word says, people will hate you. There's a tendency, I think, as believers sometimes that when we start getting that opposition that we just simply take the coat off. Oh, we still own it. We still have it. But we just put it back somewhere that people can't really see it. Now, if they look hard enough and it comes into view, then they can still see that it's there. But it's not on us anymore. And I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm talking about the fact that we blend in with what the world is doing so that we don't get the opposition that the world wants to give to Christ. We don't change our language. We use all the words that the world uses because, well, then everybody just thinks that I'm like them. We agree with what the world says. We agree with the standards that the world is setting because to raise the standard of Christ up might cause people to hate us. Now, our our code is still there. We still have it. It's still right at arm's length but we've hidden it from people. Church, I believe that 2021, this year, that God is calling us as believers to be different. God is calling us as believers to step out, to wear our coat, to wear our salvation as a jacket, to wear our righteousness as a robe, so that the world can see. In Matthew 5 and 13, Jesus said this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are called to be salt. Church, we, as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, are called to be salt. And salt is salt. It's always salt unless it loses its saltiness, unless it takes its robe of righteousness off and puts it behind it. And hides it from the world, and then our saltiness is gone. And Jesus says, what good is that? What good is that? It should just be trampled underfoot. See, church, when you think about salt, okay, we add salt to food, not to add flavor to the food, but to draw the flavor out of the food that's already there. See, when we add salt into someone's life, when we come alongside someone and we bring some of this salt that Jesus calls us to be. What we do is we call that part of, of them that connects with God out. and We say, Jesus is here. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He has called you by name. See, salt also stings a little bit. When... When you get, if you have an open wound, I don't know if you've ever done this. You'll probably only do it once and then you remember and you never do it ever again. But if you've got a little cut or a nick on your fingers and you then get salt in that wound, ooh, it stings. Now it doesn't sting forever, but it stings. And Jesus is calling us to be salt. He's calling us to, to draw flavor out of people, to draw people to himself. And sometimes that's going to sting. God says, I want you to be different. Put your coat on. Get your coat on. Wear it. Later in that passage in in, uh, verses 14, it says this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This right here, you want to be different? Let your light shine. Let your light shine before others. It's not let your light shine on your own, quietly at home. Where no one can see it. It's not let your light shine in the car on your way to work. Where nobody can see you except other drivers who are passing by. They're wondering, what are you doing? No, let your light shine before others. When you go into work tomorrow, when you engage with people from your work tomorrow, when you engage with people from your classes tomorrow, let your light shine. Speak truth. Speak positive words. Speak words that bring life. But they'll hate me for it. That's one response. But here's the response that Jesus gives. When you let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds. People will see what you do. They'll see the good things that you do. And they won't glorify you for it. But they'll recognize that it comes from God. They'll glorify your Father in heaven. See, church, we need to allow non-believers, we need to allow the world to see that we are different. We need to allow the world to see that that we are fully devoted to Jesus and to what Jesus said. And our fear is that they're going to hate us, and some will. But there will be some who will see the good deeds that you do, and they will glorify God in heaven. They will come to you and they'll say, there's something different about you. What is it? What What is it that you have that I don't have? You know, one of the toughest times I had growing up was whenever I was a senior in high school. And I've told this story a couple of times before, I think, but I just want to share it again. As a senior in high school, I spent the summer before my senior year, I was... I was uh, Working with the church, we were doing evangelistic trips, we were doing mission trips, and, and out talking to people about Jesus. like On the streets, talking one-on-one, having conversations with people. It was a wonderful summer. A really difficult summer, but I learned a lot. And so I'm getting back into school, and I'm thinking about school. I'm like, well, if we spent all this time talking to people about Jesus in, in, on the streets, why can't we do it in school? Captive audience, they're all there. There's already a group of Christians that meet in the school, so we had a Christian organization that met at our school. So it's like, well, there's people here. Let's let's go and maybe we can let our light shine out to the rest of the school. And so we we met a couple of times in school, and then we decided that we wanted to have a Bible study that was for really the seniors, um, that was after school on a Friday night. And I was asked if I would lead the Bible study um, and be there. And I, I took a friend of mine with me who had been with me all all summer doing some of our mission work and. And just talking to people about Jesus and just sharing the love of God. And, and Pete and I went to this Bible study on a Friday night, and it was great. I mean, the people were they were sharing. They were talking about, you know, where they were and stuff inside the Bible, and we sang some some worship songs and stuff. And at the end, I, I kind of felt that God wasn't done with what he wanted to do. And so I, I kind of spoke to the to the girl who was leading it that night and said, um, do you mind if we pray for a bit? And... I was that 17 year old boy who was naive. Because when I said, Do you mind if we pray for a bit? I was like, Can we pray for each other? Like, put your hands on somebody, pray God would bless them, ask God what He's doing, and speak into their life. That was praying for people for me at 17. Uh, And Pete, who was with me, he's like, Yeah, well, let's do that. Um, And so she was like, Sure. So we started praying, and uh, there was a guy playing guitar in the corner and singing some songs, and we were just praying. And we probably spent about an hour praying for different people. There was 20-some people in that in that house. And we just Peter and I just kind of moved back and forth between different people and prayed and just encouraged them and and shared what we believed God was saying to them. And, And we went home and we were, oh, we were celebrating in the car on the way home. We were like, yes, God is so good. God came and met with people. And and it was awesome. We had a great weekend. We went to church and then school Monday morning. I came in on Monday morning. I'm excited to see what you know, God just touched these 20 kids. They're going to be on fire for Jesus, and revival is going to take place. We're just going to set the place on fire. Yeah, that didn't work. That Monday morning, the first person that I saw who was there that night just turned away from me and walked away. Didn't say anything. And gradually, one by one, as I saw people who were there, people did exactly the same thing. They turned away and walked. Didn't engage, didn't talk to me. There were two girls who who actually did speak to me, and they they came and they said, listen, uh, I don't know if anybody said anything to you, but people are really upset about what happened on Friday. I'm like, how can they be upset? God moved. Jesus was there. Lives were changed. Well, they're really upset. And there was a teacher who was there, and she wanted to meet with me. So I met with her at lunchtime, and she opened up her Bible, and she explained to me how everything that we had done was completely non-biblical, and that God doesn't touch people uh, in these days and that uh, really that we should just not bother coming back to any of the uh, Christian activities. So I went from Friday night feeling that God had moved, that excited that God had chosen to use Pete and I to to really encourage people to Monday morning actually being... um, being told that I could no longer attend any of the the Christian activities in our school and being told that I was no longer welcome at any of the Bible studies that were planned and actually having the person whose house the next one was at came to me and said, listen, don't come. My parents won't let you in. So don't even show up. You know, when you step out in faith, and you step out and you believe that God has spoken. Sometimes things like that happen. And it was so hard. It was so hard to deal with. my, my the rest of my senior year, right up through Christmas, just feels like this black emptiness. I don't have a lot of memories of that time. Because no one, literally no one would speak to me who was a believer. All of my friends were non-believers. All of my friends were guys that played sports with. But none of the Christians would um, talk to me. I I tried to go to one of the Christian meetings, and they, you know when there's chatter in a room, and then you walk in, and it goes instantly silent? That happened. And I'm like, oh, it must be me then. And so I left. Now, I had to take off, I didn't have to, but I did. I took off my robe of righteousness then. I took off what God had put in me that summer, and God had trained me and developed me that summer so that I could fit in and kind of blend in. What was most interesting to me was about four years after that, after I graduated high school and I was in Belfast at at a conference, a church conference, and a girl who I recognized who was there that night came up to me, and I thought, oh, great. Four years ago, and here we go. She's going to have another go, you know, about how terrible and awful a Christian I was. And she walked up to me and she had tears in her eyes. And she said to me, Hey, can I, can I talk uh, to you? And I said, Yeah, sure. What's up? And she said, Look, I, I need to apologize. Because on that Friday night, you, you don't know this because I was too ashamed and afraid to say anything. But that Friday night, I sat in my car outside of that house and I said, God, if you are real, I need to see you tonight. And if I do not see you tonight, God, I am done. I am done with this Christian thing. She said, I walked into that Bible study, and I watched what God did. And I went home that night, and I spent an hour in my bedroom confessing to the Lord and reestablishing and reconnecting my relationship with him. And I came in on Monday morning, and I was so excited for what God was going to do. And then I saw what people did to you, and I didn't say anything. She said, and I am so sorry for that. Because I feel like if I had have spoken up and said, no, that was real, that was God, things might have been different. And they might have been. But church, you need to know when God says step out, when God says be different, you cannot sit back and go, well, what if, what if, what if? No, you say how high, how far, when, what do I have to do, God? You step out in faith. You let him deal with the consequences. You let him deal with whatever will happen. And you step out in faith and you say, I'm going to be faithful to the word. I'm going to be faithful to this Bible. God says he's true. I'm going to speak the truth. Because God will touch and take those words that you share and he will use them to transform lives, transform hearts, and change people. And you may not see it until years later. For that young girl, the two of us stood there and wept. We just wept. We didn't weep just because of the missed opportunities. We wept because God was real. God changed her life. And now four years later, from a decision where she was going to walk away from her faith, here four years later, she's in a Christian conference and she's leading young people. Church, be different. Be different. It's time for us to be different. It's time for us to say things like, you know what, I'm I i don't. I'm not meaning to offend you, but this is what the Bible says about that. This is what the truth says about that. This is what God says about that. And to engage the world, to bring the truth, to shine the light. When you walk into a dark room, it doesn't matter how bright the light is that you have in your hand, you will illuminate part of that room. You walk in with a 500-watt spotlight, you'll shine a bright light into a dark room. You walk in with a candle, you'll shine a light into that dark room. That light is Christ. Take that light wherever you are tomorrow. Walk into those dark rooms and say, hey, here's my light. Hide it under a bushel? No, like the song goes, we learned it in Sunday school. No, let it shine. Church, put your coats on. Put your robes on. Dress yourself in the righteousness of Christ because that's what he has given you. It's time to be different. I'm going to close with this. In the midst of being salt, in the midst of being light, God asks us to be his servants. Be a servant. John 13, 34 and 35 says this, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Church, let's be a church that loves. Love people. Love people where they are. Serve them where they are. Matthew 23, 11 says, The greatest among you must be a servant. Even Jesus coming in said, I need to serve you. Church, God has placed you where he has so that you can serve those. Who are around you. You might be the head of the company. Serve your employees. What? Yeah. Be different. Be different. Serve your employees. You might be the servant in your work. You might be the lowest on the on the ladder. Serve with all of your heart. Serve with everything you have. Be different. Be different. One of our core values is that we serve others first. The Bowie City Church, that's been something that we have built our church on, is our four core values. And that's a way of life. That's a decision that we take, is to serve others first. That's not what comes naturally most of the time. But church, if we've learned nothing else from today, We've learned nothing else from today. I hope you've heard that God is calling us to be different. God is calling us to shine before men so that they might glorify Him. Now, I can hear it. I can hear the questions and the whispers in your heads. But you don't know where I work. You're right, I don't. You don't know the people I have to deal with. You're right, I don't. But Here's one thing that I do know. I do know God. And I do know that the God who will walk with you is the God who will carry you, sustain you, and equip you for everything that you face. So don't be afraid to wear your coat tomorrow. Don't be afraid to wear your salvation tomorrow. Don't be afraid to say, when people say, hey, how was your weekend? It was awesome. We were in church. We weren't in church, but we had church. It was in my house. You want to come? What? What? Wear your salvation. Wear your righteousness. I'll close with this. I'm not going to turn to this. It's not going to be on the screen. At the end of the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul gave us armor to wear. And he gave us clothes to clothe ourselves in that then mirrored what the people were seeing with the Roman army that was keeping them captive. Paul tells us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's interesting that Isaiah talks about the robe of righteousness, and Paul says it's a breastplate of righteousness. Why? Because he's looking at a Roman soldier, and he's kind of, okay, let me just break this down for you. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Wrap the belt of truth around your waist. Put on the helmet of salvation. Just like Isaiah said, put on the helmet of salvation. Your mind, your thoughts. Take them captive to the Lord. On your feet, put on sandals, which are ready to bring the good news of the gospel of peace. Be ready at all times just to get up and run. Run towards someone who's crying out for help. Hey, you know, I know who can help you. It's Jesus. Raise up that shield of faith. Because there's going to be some darts that are going to come. Paul says this in Ephesians 6. Hold that shield of faith up so when the fiery darts from the enemy come, that they'll be extinguished. And take the sword of the Spirit in your hand, which is the Word of God. Take this in your hand every day. Open it. Read it. Get it in you. So when those times of trial and temptation come, you can say, It is written just like Jesus did. Church, it's time to get ready. For some of you last week, you got excited about having your passport. Oh, I'm going to get my passport. I hope you're all as excited about being different because you can be different right now. You can be different right now. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, that, Lord, you are here with us God in our homes and you have called us God to be different you have called us God to be salt and light to a hurting world you have called us Lord to stand on your truth to stand on your word not to water it down so that society can can palate it but God to just speak it as it's written to say thus saith the Lord Father, you have called us to love one another. You've called us to, to reach out to people to bring healing and wholeness. So God, we stand before you today and we give ourselves to you. And we say, like Isaiah said, here am I, God, send me. I want to be different. I want to wear my salvation like a coat. I want to wrap myself in righteousness like a robe. I want the world to see the good deeds that I do so that they can point towards the Father. So, Father, give us courage. Give us boldness, Lord, to step out and to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen, amen. Thank mm-hmm. you. this time in our service that normally we would take an offering plate like this one and we would pass it along the pews and we would collect our tithes and offerings but we're unable to do that being in this virtual mode but what we've done is we've set up an opportunity for you to give via text message so if you grab your cell phone and you're from Bowie City Church what we want you to do is want you to text the word give to 301-970-4565 if you're from First Christian Church we want you to text the word give to 301-970-3646. You'll then be given some prompts, a link to click on. And if you follow those links, it will take you to what essentially is our, our web page giving page. And what we want you to do is to, to sign in, create an account, add your information, because then we can track your giving through the year uh, and provide you with a report at the end of the year. You only need to set up your account one time. After that, all you'll need to do on Sunday mornings when you come to to worship to give your gifts, all you need to do is just text a number. So pick the, the number 20. You text 20 to one of those two numbers and $20 will be given to that church. So as we worship, as we close in worship now, just take this time to engage with God with your finances and to give back to him what he's already given to you.
3: Awesome, awesome, awesome. This is Opportunity to Give. Uh, that video just showed you that there's ways to give uh, in your offerings and your tithes. And so uh, there's two formats or two ways to give it, depending on what congregation or it doesn't matter really. Uh, and there's a, the information is on the, the screen. You can text in. There's a text number. You can text your tithes and offering in to BCC, Bowie City Church, but also the First Christian Church, depending on how you want to give and when you want to give. But no, when you give, you don't give to a church. You give through a church. So this is just your opportunity to do that. I haven't used the text number yet. Uh, I'm on the old system, which is still working. But this is another way, just another way you can give. Text it in, or you can go to the website and click uh, each website, each church website. You can go there and click the give. You can also give by snail mail, old school. To the mailing addresses as well. But there's an opportunity to give an extension of your worship to God.
1: And I know that some people have been a little concerned about, you know, text. It's like, do they text through your phone? What it actually does is it uses the same giving platform that's on our websites. Mm-hmm. So the texting app that we're using and the, and the, the connection that we're using is the same as, as if you were to go onto our website. We're just take, trying to take that step out for you. So I know you've got to go in the first time. You've got to text the number, text give to the number, and then you've got to, like, fill in some information. But then you can save that. And you can save the information It's saved on a secure uh, server. And then you can just go back in and text, uh, and just text to give them whenever, uh, either Sunday mornings or whenever your paycheck comes in or whenever you like to give. Um, so we're just trying to make things a little easier for you.
3: Yeah, I know one family that's used that as offering, just in their phone, has offering with a number in it. So anytime they want to do offering, oh. they just look up offering and then... All right, set to go. So that's another way you can give whenever yeah. God calls you to. Uh, we're both up here because we're excited for what we're going to be doing next Sunday after church, or Sunday evening, Sunday I would evening. say. Uh, but you have to make sure that you get your canvas number in because they're going to be delivered this week. This week, myself and maybe some other people from the church will be delivering canvases. So those are the canvases. Jason has them. We've ordered enough for both churches. Um, but if more we people have 60. We have 60, so we need
1: 60 people to take these yes, things because otherwise want, they're going to sit in my we house. We don't
3: want them to be in our house <laughs> and us be redecorating and painting all year long. Yes. But what you're going to get, you go, if you go to hello at Bowie that's the email. And then you just say how many you need and I need your address or we need your address. Right. So how many you need, they will come this week. We want you to have them before Friday. If you want to spend time painting them. Uh, As well, we're going to be painting them at youth group. There's kids who don't necessarily watch on Sunday morning, uh, and so we're going to use it as a youth group activity because they go to different churches. Uh, So we are going to be painting Friday night for youth group, but as well on Sunday night uh, at 6 o'clock, right? 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock.
1: We're going to send out this week. We're going to send an email out uh, to both churches. Um, So this is an 8 by 10 canvas. Now, I thought about this this morning. I didn't tell you. if we have somebody out there who is like really an artist, not like a <laughs> bluffer, like <laughs> hack artist, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's like, oh let's just draw something. In. And it looks really good from far away. You know, one of those you know, good from far and far from good. If you are an artist, if you are somebody that is skilled in that, if you can let us know, if you had some time, what I would love to do is I'd love to send you some of the words that we have mm-hmm. so different from today coalesce from last week, passports from last week, mm-hmm. and just see if you could paint something, because then what we'd like to do is to, to take those words and to put them um, on our social media platform and also on our website to be able to, like, this is what we're doing to remind us through the year what God has called us to, what God has asked to do. So if you are an artist, a real artist, real artist. then please let us know. If you're a digital artist and you're like, I can't paint, but I could do all that in, like, Photoshop and stuff, mm-hmm. then please let us know because um, we we want to not just have these so that they're just hanging up uh, in somebody's house, but also so we can share them with the world.
3: Yeah, so. so if you're into making creative content, we would love that. Poetry, visual, if it can be digital, we would love that. That would help us go yeah. throughout the year using different forms of media yep. to communicate the words of the year for us. So we're still asking you, pray for your word. God will give it to you. We're not just saying that half-heartedly. We really yeah. believe God will speak to you says I want you to focus on this this year so hello at Bowie City Church give us how many canvases you need for your home not so you can have many words you get one per person not like oh I have 10 words I get 10 canvases <laughs> no 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 one word one canvas uh, one for each person and then we're going to spend tomorrow or next Sunday evening together for about an hour or so paying our words and sharing them uh, so make sure you do that uh, we look forward to seeing you throughout the week if I get to deliver or somebody else gets to deliver some canvases, yeah. social distancing mass and all that Drop them off. You can see you uh, we had our first Saturday men's group this yes. past Saturday, which was awesome. It was nine guys that got on. Yes. We would love to have this, There's plenty of space, you know, virtual room. Just fill it up, guys. Yep. Uh, as we're reading a book called um, Play the Man by Mark yep. Batterson. Yep. It's really good. Women have Bible study on Wednesday night. If you want that link as well, we can get that to you. And there's also Tuesday morning uh, prayer, meeting prayer meeting, virtual from First Christian. It's a lot going on and youth group. As well. So that's Friday nights if you want that. We're, we're a real full virtual swing here. Yeah. We're, we're, going. we're, we're doing what we're doing as much as we can. So you'd be blessed. Uh, Jason did an awesome job. Next Sunday, we get to wrap it up. Um, and so come back here with the guys to say for that. Uh, and that is it from us. We're going to close in worship. We're going to close in worship. And have a great week. Yeah. Just really pray that God would speak to you
1: and be different. And share, reach out to us. Let us know what, what God has done. Mm-hmm. As you step out in faith, God will meet you. And he will change lives and change hearts. So please share those stories with us. Let us know what God is doing in your lives. And, uh, and we we'll look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday. Um, be blessed by this closing song mm-hmm. uh, as we just close our time together in worship. And we'll see you guys next week.
3: Amen.